This is a Real Presence Radio News Link. Effective today, the Diocese of Crookston, Duluth, and Winona, Rochester join the list of dioceses that have canceled the celebration of public masses. Earlier this week, the bishops of the Diocese of Fargo, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, Superior, Cheyenne, New Ulm, and Bismarck made similar difficult moves. With the cancellations, many live streams of the daily and Sunday masses are being made available to the faithful. You can find out what your local parish and diocese are doing by visiting their websites. And beginning Monday, RPR will also be carrying a daily mass live on the radio and video streamed on Facebook and YouTube. You can listen or watch this celebration during the first part of Real Presence Live from 9 to 9.30 Central. And decisions about Holy Week liturgies are beginning to come in. The Diocese of Duluth said priests should celebrate these privately, but take special care to keep churches open for extended period of time on Good Friday. This has been an RPR News Link. Next one is coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning. I'm Heather Carroll. And I am Emily Leadham. It's Ladies' Day. Get excited, folks. Here we are. Coffee time. Coffee time with the ladies. We're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, broadcasting today from the Cathedral of St. Joseph. What a great feast day it was yesterday. I was going to say it's a beautiful day, but I'm going to be honest. The snow is putting a little damper on my... I'm trying to be joyful despite it. Yeah. But I about wiped out walking into the building this morning, so we're okay, folks. I'm one of those folks that has to carry everything in one load, even though it's not sensible. I know. Yep. Yeah. I was quite the sight this morning, and Brianna got to see me coming in, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't want to make two trips, so. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's go ahead and jump in with a prayer this morning. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, particularly during this Friday of Lent, we come surrendering all of our anxieties, all of our worries to you, to your care. We pray especially for those who are uh, experiencing isolation in the midst of the pandemic currently sweeping across the country. We pray, Lord, that you would protect, heal, strengthen, and reveal your love to us in a particular way in this time of uncertainty. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Emily, I'm so excited to be hosting with you this morning. It's going to be a fun-filled morning, and Eli is going to tell us what we have coming up. Alrighty, thanks, Heather. Here's what's coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. We'll get our weekly update on what's been happening and what's to come in the Minnesota legislature as we visit with Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Then, what seemed like an exciting opportunity to cover an event at his parish turned out to be a setup. What happened next, and how did this moment set the stage for Father James Morgan's path to the priesthood? Well, you'll have to keep listening to find out. And at 10.30 Central, we'll be praying a rosary live on the air for all those affected by the novel coronavirus, and for an increase in faith and trust in the Lord, who is our only hope during these difficult times. 
All that and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Right back to you. All right. Thanks, Eli, for that update. And I love the news updates at the beginning of the hour. Yeah, hours. yeah. I think it's really helpful. It kind of gives us an idea of what's going on. And yeah. um, yes, particularly for Catholics right now, many of us uh, in the listening area have been uh, deeply affected by mass cancellations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only mass cancellations, but sacred mass cancellations mm-hmm. uh, and and parish programming cancellations. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of hurting souls right now kind of trying to make sense of all of this so um yeah it's helpful to just have that source straight from um straight from your catholic radio station that allows us to kind of be in it together you know yeah absolutely absolutely well we're gonna head off with our first interview this morning jason adkins is on with us good morning jason good morning it's great to be with you Thanks for joining us this morning. There's a lot going on in the Minnesota legislature, and we wanted to visit with you a little bit about that. Um, so the legislature's plan of action between now and April 14th and the May 18th deadline, let's talk about that. So our legislature is uh, constitutionally mandated to adjourn by May 18th, but with the mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus pandemic, uh, everything's been thrown up in the air. So right now, the legislators are on call between now and April 14th to really focus on the coronavirus issue. And uh, they've mm-hmm. been, uh, many of them are in, uh, uh, in at home. They're coming in once a week to do conference calls, but the access to the public is extremely limited by appointment only. Uh, out of the extra precaution, a staffer has already been diagnosed with coronavirus. So they're really uh, taking extreme measures right now and focusing totally on what's going on with that. And if they do come back after April 14th, which is the end of the Passover uh, Easter break, then they're only going to focus on three things, more coronavirus response, a bonding bill, which is, you know, construction projects, and then anything that has uh, strong bipartisan support. So a lot of the things that people were hoping for this session on a whole number of fronts, those are just going to be put to the side. So that's going to be the focus of everything at the Capitol uh, going forward for the next couple months. Wow. So a lot of a lot of changes and a lot of things aren't getting um, dealt with. Is that a good or a bad thing, do you think? Is it good to have more time to deal with these issues to bring them up at a later date, or is it better to just get them done now? I mean, are there big well, the bills likely- waiting? Yeah, the likelihood that they were going to get a lot of significant things done, given the divided nature of our legislature, was um, Mm -hmm. pretty small anyway. They Mm -hmm. were already starting to posture for the election season. So we have the only divided legislature in the country, which means one uh, house is controlled by Republicans and then one house is controlled by Democrats. Mm -hmm. So already that was emerging to a degree, um, but this really focuses their work. And uh, by necessity, we had a $1.5 billion surplus and the question was, how is that going to be spent? Is it going to be some uh, combination of tax cuts and spending projects? It's going to be all spending projects, and that was kind of the debate going on at the Capitol. But now it's, um, you know, let's deal with what's immediately in front of us and then uh, save the rest perhaps for a rainy day when uh, we have to deal with the potential economic fallout of what's going on. So already they're passing, uh, you know, $200 billion uh, hospital assistance bill. That's the type of thing that's going to come to the front uh, of the radar right now, so for everybody. 
Can you speak into a bit, you know, I think a lot of people are very worried about uh, econ- the economic fallout of some of the coronavirus things. From a Catholic perspective, um, how can we kind of approach, uh, how should we approach some of the things that are happening legislatively, um, not only in our local states, but also uh, nationwide? Uh, what can we hope for? What's maybe the disposition of uh, us as Catholic citizens kind of looking upon some of these things? Well, I can tell you what uh, uh, Catholic advocates in, in this Minnesota and, uh, and the states and, and the federal governments are really looking at right now. Already uh, the, at the federal level, the U.S. Bishops Conference, in partnership with groups like Catholic Health Association, Catholic Charities, um, making sure that um, things like... Um, Unemployment assistance uh, are made available as quickly as possible here in Minnesota. Um, our governor issued an executive order uh, freeing up uh, unemployment assistance without a waiting period and without some of the red tape for various types of workers affected by the coronavirus. So if you've worked in an, uh, an organization that's been shut down already because of uh, the public health policies and directives and the public health guidance, you're immediately eligible. eligible. Um, if you got to watch your kids because of uh, school closures, um, and leave your job and leave your work and lost your job because of that. So a number of um, a number of things have been happening on that front at the local level. Uh, at the federal level, though, as, as I was mentioning, um, economic security is a big issue. Um, emergency uh, services, because you know, the government still has to run uh, people in need, especially of shelters. You know, think of shelters with got all mm-hmm. kinds of people congregating together. Uh, for example, and needing overnight shelter, well, that's a, a perfect place, obviously, where a virus can be spread. So how do shelters, for example, still take in people but do so as safely as possible? Uh, all kinds of human services need to continue to keep running, um, and we need to cut through the red tape. So a lot of what's going on is funding and cutting through red tape to get the people who are most in need things they need uh, to keep carrying on. And so that's really in three buckets, economic assistance, human services or welfare programs, and then health care. Uh, those are the three big buckets at the state and federal level um, are getting a lot of attention. I would mention one more, too, is schools. Schools are having an extremely difficult time weathering this storm. And, um, you know, most Catholic schools, for example, are not places where there's a lot of wealthy kids and they have abundance of money and big endowments. They're hand-to-mouth ministries that are feeding and educating kids all across the socioeconomic spectrum. So this is a tremendous time of upheaval. You don't know if the, um, you're going to be able to pay your employees. You don't know how the tuition is going to work out with people losing their jobs. You don't know if you can start up school in the fall in a way that um, you know maintains what you had expected with regard to staffing or student enrollment or all sorts of things. Plus, you're cleaning. You're providing assistance to kids and meals and child care above and beyond your budget. You're trying to keep people employed. So it's really, really a challenging time with a lot of moving parts. And people who are advocates, um, uh, Catholic conference staff, uh, people in Catholic ministries are looking at those things, and Catholics should stay on top of those issues as well. And signing up for things like the Catholic Advocacy Network, the Catholic conference is a good way to do so. Mm-hmm. I think one of the amazing things that I've seen um, kind of coming out in response to this is the amount of people that are jumping in ready to help their neighbor uh, in this process. I know here in South Dakota, we're seeing uh, meals were a big concern with school closures uh, for many children. That's the school is where they get their their uh, two meals a day. Um 
are you seeing anything like that in Minnesota currently um, or even across the country? How are other places responding to some of these things as as uh, the mission kind of goes out? Yeah, it's really been humbling uh, to see people really stepping up uh, into this crisis and into these challenges, finding, create whether it's uh, clergy, finding creative ways to uh, minister to people and provide uh, some sort of sacramental life in the midst of uh, parish closure, the mass suspensions, or at schools, finding ways to connect uh, needy families with, with food security services. Uh, it's just been really amazing watching our, our school team and our Catholic school spend basically the last five days nonstop, you know, very little sleep, putting together pro- educational programming uh, for families that they can access online or through distance programs. So just seeing people, uh, as they say, lean into this issue and, and really uh, come through has been really humbling to watch on a number of fronts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Emily Leadham. And we are talking with Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And we're kind of discussing uh, the legislator plan, legislature plan for now between um, for the Minnesota area and what things we need to be looking at, what things are changing within that uh, period. So, Tell us some of the things that uh, Minnesotans need to be aware of, things that are going on, bills that might have be, been passed or will be passed. I think the first thing I would say uh, is inform yourself about the virus. Um, go to the Minnesota Department of Health website if you're in Minnesota and get a better sense of what the virus is, how it spreads, and at the same time, um, what you can do personally to stop the spread, uh, whether it's social distancing or other st- steps. And those are on the Minnesota Department of Health website. Still, I'm encountering extraordinary amounts of people still this week um, who don't seem to have gotten their head around it and have not altered their behavior accordingly. Um, so I think that's the first step uh, that people should take. But at the same time, you know, recognizing that most public accommodations and businesses are going to be closed uh, right now, um, Delay, the uh, governor just delayed all elective procedures occurring after scheduled for after March 23rd in our hospitals. So health care is going to be very limited. Um, there's, a, there's a debate at the Capitol right now about uh, Department of Human Services emergency authority. And why that matters is that our Department of Human Services has played, been plagued by um, what we call uh, inefficiencies in service, um, and problems distributing funds, all sorts of errors, uh, significant financial losses. Uh, people have been com- committing fraud with our program. So that's undermined the credibility of our Department of Human Services and has held up giving the Ch- commissioner emergency authority. But although those are legitimate concerns about how our Department of Human Services runs, the human need right now is greater. And so what we really need to do is have the legislators come back as quickly as possible and passed Senate File 4200, which would give the commissioner emergency authority to make to cut through some red tape and give easier access to funds on a whole number of fronts, whether it's disability services, uh, child care yeah. services, services for yeah. the elderly. So that's a really important measure that people uh, should be watching for in the next couple of days. Will the legislature come together and look at um, giving the commissioner emergency authority for that? Yeah. We just have about two minutes left here, Jason. Um, one of the things that's really come to my attention, I think, is the way in which this is really a pro-life 
uh, mm. issue. Um, I think there there's some confusion among Catholics, among Christians generally, regarding fear and and faith, and saying no, we need to you know flood the flood the churches or whatever. And and I think that that's actually a misconception of what it really means to be Christian. And in fact, I think it's a profoundly courageous and deeply pro life uh, act to socially isolate in these things mm-hmm. to respond in these things because ultimately it's human life that we're that we're talking about um we often talk about human life at the beginning mm-hmm. but we don't often talk about human life at the end so can you just speak to kind of how you have have taken this and and filtered it through that lens as well as this is really a pro-life issue um yeah we're dealing with human life yeah, speaking only for myself, I'd agree with that 100%. Um, the people who are demanding that we flood the churches and, and who want access to the Eucharist, we, well, perfectly understandable, I think misguided. We have to show a degree of solidarity here for not just public health reasons, but for spiritual and evangelical reasons, too. The Catholic community has to step up, show its love and concern for others, um, and really uh, show how it's contributing to the common good. And that doesn't mean we have you know, we do things differently. If not less, we have to do more things, but do them differently in terms of mm. people spiritually as well. But it's deeply, it's a deeply evangelical and spiritual response uh, to do exactly what you're saying and 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 do the public, take the public health measures in our hands precisely for that reason as well, and and uh, embrace the, the common good here. And uh, I think that's really, really important. So I'm glad you said that. Again, speaking only for myself, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. And for people, uh, Jason, before we let you go, where can they find your network? MNCatholic.org. Again, MNCatholic.org. I don't want to sound morbid, but uh, under resources, you can find our Catholic Guide to End-of-Life Decision-Making and our Guide to Healthcare Directives. And we have those available for people. Um, anyways, death is a part of life, and uh, we have to start thinking about that, especially these times. So let your neighbors, uh, your family, your friends take those resources seriously and take a look and hope they can be a a good resource and a comforting resource during this difficult time. Again, those can be found at mncatholic.org. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Well, Emily, it's time for our first break of the morning. We have a little chit-chat just between you and I coming up next. And then after that, Father Morgan's going to join us, and we're going to hear about his vocation story. So stay right there. We'll be right back in just a minute. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 